Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Hi everyone and welcome to our final session for our African Family Firms Phoenix Conference, um, celebrating and championing women in family enterprises. Um, this afternoon we have Ella Chase and Veronica Yepes presenting on reimagining family enterprises, um, a balance between the masculine and the feminine. So over to you ladies. Thank you, Nikkei. Uh, Vero, wave your hand so everyone can see which there. Vero and I are pleased to be here. Nike had and Cece had invited us based on the worldwide women's council that we've put together. And it's a global council where we really get the space to do the feminine work and spend time in the feminine space. And so as we go through today's uh, journey together, We want you to know that it is natural not to be in places where the feminine is always embraced. And our goal for this session for you is that you leave with the awareness of energies, understand how they relate to yourself, to others, and within the family business context. And you're going to walk away from today's session with new knowledge, multiple approaches, options to integrate your success as women as family members and in family business. And Nikkei, or excuse me, uh, Vero, yes, fabulous. So we're, we have a presentation here for you today. We, this topic has so many components. Vero, will you go back to the about us section? I'm just going to share a little bit about uh, you and I. So like what brings us here today? Why are we here today? Uh, as it's, I said, Vero and I facilitate a worldwide women's council, which is a joint venture across the globe for women within family enterprises. But more than that, and Vera, I'll have you speak a little bit about your personal experience. We came together because we were noticing different items that were happening in the world. And for me, I'm a seventh generation inheritor from a family enterprise. So we're about 250, 300 year old. We're about 350 family members. And growing up, there was this lack of appreciation for both energies for the masculine and the feminine. And it was really a self search for me to figure out how can I be my authentic leader and embrace more of the feminine qualities while appreciating what the masculine brings to the table. And Vero's got a uh, personal journey for herself as well. Will you share your family business experience? Of course. Yeah. So I was born into a family business that uh, just go broke when I was 11 years old. And the big reason was, you know, the lack of communication uh, between my my father and his brothers, there were five siblings. And what I saw was um, not only the losing of the family business, but the losing of the family itself. My, my dad passed away without speaking to two of his brothers for many, many, many years. And um, so I also saw my father re 
invent himself over and over. And uh, his example brought me to be a family, you know, a, a business owner. And now we are a family business as well. Um, but I have seen in my journey that I tap a lot in the masculine energy. And that's what I needed. But for the last few years, I've been identifying you know, within my leadership, can I channel the feminine force that I have? And while I have been able to access that and work with my clients and founders and family systems on bringing that force, the result has been incredible. We are able to tap into so much more uh, of the creative field. And so that's what brought, brings me today with Ella to talk a little bit about, about more about our experience. Thank you so much. And one of the ways that we're going to interact with you and try to bring a bit more of the feminine is to make this a very collaborative uh, hour together. We understand that you have been participating for days now. This is the last session. And so to really get in touch with where you are right now, we're going to offer you throughout the dialogue in the next hour to, to, to be with us in the chat. And then we'll do a Q&A at the end. But what we would love to know just right now, if you can look in your chat buttons to ground yourself in like what is happening in the present moment for you. So we'd offer you to chat to everyone uh, in the box and say, what town are you in? What room are you in? And what is your current mood? So feel free to drop those in. There's absolutely no judgment, but the ability to tune in to where you are geographically, where your body is physically located, and then what is happening inside of you will allow you to get back to the present moment, which is where all your creation and all your uh, magic happens from. Oh, excellent. We've got a little anxious. I can appreciate that in your living room in Lago San Diego. Yes, feeling present in a home office. Fantastic. As you start to tune in, you can add those things. Austin, home of tired. Yes, we feel all of that. So get what you need out of being here today. And it might just be some nourishment. It might just be that you want to shut your eyes and listen. It like get what you need. Perhaps you need some hot tea or something to soothe your soul. Do that for yourself. Zimbabwe office, curious, amazing. All right, Vero, let's move along. Hopeful, I love to see these things in a study. So today we're going to uh, break out the way that we talk about the journey of masculine and feminine into three different categories. First, we are going to overview the self. So where are you from your vessel on the planet? And then we're going to look at the family system. So how does this relate with your other family members? And then finally, we're going to touch on the family enterprise. So it's one thing to know yourself. It's one thing to be in the family system. And then to put business and enterprise within that makes it very uh, nuanced and potentially complicated at times. Please know that we are just scratching the surface today. We, we could talk about this for probably 10 days on its own. like the, it's, And we're just going to dip into a few things. So as you come through at the end, make a note for yourself on what between the self, the family, and the enterprise that you want to take away. Excellent. So as we go into the next slide, I want to know... 
where do you feel like you lead from? So as Vera was saying, she felt that she was leading from the masculine. We're going to get into what those traits are. But if you were to just type in the chat box without knowing anything yet, do you feel like you run more on the feminine or the masculine side? And as we go through this, you're welcome to drop into the chat as well. So to start with the individual, and we'll go to the next slide, Vero, there are different approaches that people have taken over time. And again, this is just a sampling. So the yin and the yang, the light and the dark, the, the regardless of who is giving their perspective here with Shiv and the Shakti, with Coral Jung, it's the idea that we need both. So it's not as though one is better than the other. If you walk away with one thing, nothing is better than the other. But we're really looking for is the balance of both. And if there's a lack of one that is welcome in the space, especially within your individual self, because that's the, the section we're talking about right now, you might feel out of balance. And a way to physically represent this is if you were to stand up and lean on one leg and lean, lean, lean. You could only do that for so long. And if we divide the body between masculine and feminine, if you spend your time too much in one place, it gets really hard and really stressful. So the practice is to like stand between your feet and really balance and tap into the different parts that you see here. And regardless of which version, which ideology, understanding that the world is held in balance and we really need all parts included, you can, as an individual, tap in and call through what you need to feel more balanced in any moment. So what are the traits that fall into the masculine and the feminine? Let's look at the next slide. Fantastic. So in a healthy masculine, and there is a wounded version of each of these, uh, but we're going to focus on what the healthy components are for this chat, because as we've said, you need both. And so where are you noticing what is healthy? So in the masculine side, I'm not going to read the slide to you. You can read it for yourselves. But if you're constantly looking for movement and achievement to create meaning, that can be in a place that is highly masculine. If you're feeling anchored and grounded and you can feel that you can grow through connection, that leans more in the feminine. The ability to um, sense and respond versus judge and control. Judge and control falls in the masculine. Sense and respond falls in the feminine. So just notice for yourself where you might tend to land. And I'm going to share a few items that are, when they've gone too far, the wounded or the unhealthy components. And so for the masculine, when you're too far on a polarity, when you're not in balance anymore, that might look like damage, aggressive behavior. And when someone's not able to listen, they've gone potentially too far into that polarity. And as someone expresses themselves, it might be dominant, excessive, and rigid, that over-controlling. So the wanting to judge and the wanting to control can be in the toxic or the unhealthy version of masculine traits. This can also be true in feminine, but it expresses itself a little different. So if it is an unhealthy or a wounded feminine, it can be no movement, no direction, no drive and no force. 
and it can be often yielding to a point that is unproductive. So if you've ever like stayed super small and not been able to express yourself fully, that could be a place where your feminine wasn't getting enough attention and had to shut down a little bit. Okay, so now that you've learned a little bit about each of these, go ahead and put into the chat where you think you might lead from. And one is not better or worse, and we need both, but knowing what feels more natural for you will help you figure out what you might want to balance. As people do that, Vera, go ahead on self. Let's talk about a little bit about the individual in leadership and why that balance between the feminine and the masculine is crucial. Again, we're not talking about gender. We're talking about the individual tapping into these two creative forces. And what it allows at leadership is to have more tools, to have a wider view of the situations that we're navigating. So if I'm able, as I was mentioning, in my own journey, I was being very masculine. If now I'm able to tap into the feminine forces, I have more tools. How do I want to answer this situation where normally in my masculine side, it will be more visceral or more vocal or more driven or more confrontational but now I'm able to deal with another situation understanding out of curiosity out of intuition um, we have seen historically I mean it's obvious that um, masculine leadership has been overemphasized or the values of masculine masculine uh, uh, leadership even you know my mentors when I think about them they had to, you know, some of when I asked them, you know, what was the best thing that you could do to grow in leadership? Some of them would say, um, my people, my boss would never know that I had kids. I had to hide the whole feminine life and feminine um, traits. Uh, so uh, we have seen that overemphasis of uh, masculine leadership and um Two, two, two ways or two effects of that that we can see very clearly are, you know, there's a tendency in the masculine to dominate the environment for its own desires. Now, out of balance, it's clearly you know, showing um, signs that we have gone too far in the, our environment and our, our environment is suffering. We also have seen that masculine is highly linear. They need to or it needs to the force needs to know variables that can be consistent and manageable and measurable. But we happen to live in a world that's highly changing and fluid and unpredictable. So at some point, the masculine is limited on its ability to navigate. As we bring the female force then and partner with this masculine drive, we are able to navigate this ever-changing and dynamic world better. So it's not about only about, again, gender, it's about integrating the both forces in our leadership. And if we notice that we need more of the other energy, bringing partners um, into the leadership that can help us uh, just have more tools in how we lead. Um, now, let's go into the feminine and the masculine in the family system. One of the uh, tools that we use to understand the different personalities and forces in a family system is the Enneagram. Now, I don't know if you know the model or the tool. We would love to, you know, if you we would love for you to put in the chat box your number. Um, but it's just a tool. And we're going to use this as a base to explore personalities and energies within the family system. Um, the, it's, it's a model that is created to understand the individual and what it looks like, it, what it looks into is what are the core beliefs of how I view the world. 
and what drives my deepest motivations and my deepest fears because that that's the let's say the persona or the suit that I've built to deal with the world and it has to be with you know my history my experiences the context where I have lived um, and so the, this model is a very old uh, model and that is used highly in um, psychotherapy and has developed nine personalities based on, again, the core fears. And we're not going to go over all of these, but you will find many of this in family systems. And my belief is that there's a reason why there are different personalities in family systems. You'll find someone like the one. You know, it's like a reformer and a perfectionist. So many times we see the mom that is a perfectionist, that is always this principal force, self-controlled, that can all many times, you know, in a board or in a community will be like, this is not good enough. Why are we doing this? I'm afraid to make a mistake. We can find someone like the eight, if you see here, you know, it's the challenger or, you know, it's the controller also. Most of the founders of family businesses are an eight. These are, you know, this self-confident and decisive and confrontational and willful personalities. So the point of this is we have developed suits and lenses to view the world, and these are different. And back to Ella's um, sentence, none of this is better or worse. These are different points of view so that we can come together and make better sense of how the world is working. And the ultimate, uh, you know, the ultimate mission of this of this family system is to integrate other points of view and understand each other better. So we use again this so that family members can understand what am I bringing to the table? Why is my sister asking for the analysis and the numbers? Is she just being annoying? Why is my brother just trying to keep everybody friendly and so afraid that a relationship is going to break down? It's not that they are just annoying or doing this, you know, about me because of me it's just that that's the fear they are facing and that's where they are moving from and each personality in our family system according to this model taps into emotions from a different perspective so in my case I'm an eight I'm an active controller and I am about the doing the taking action because I tap into my emotions from the body again if we look at the circle some personalities will tap into let's take action some personalities would tap into the heart. What are we feeling about this? And others, what are we thinking? And we'll go immediately into the ideas. We need all of those. We don't need only people that take action like me. We need someone that says, hey, let's think about it for a second and let's see how we feel about this. And so each personality also has the ability to channel the feminine and the masculine in a very different way. Um, again, let's go back to my example, the eight, the controller. It's a very masculine energy. And within the expression of the feminine and the masculine, the eight is that physical force that fears bear, even, even a bear represented. Now, we may see other members of the family that have a different way to represent the masculine. Um, and number one, someone is about structure and order and how we do things is more important about the result. Others will be more about, um, you know, the let's, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the precision. Again, feminine can also be expressed in different ways. So maybe the brother or the sister, regardless of the gender, who's going to be the supporting and nurturing. So the bottom line is integration and learning from each other rather than cutting off someone 
is how the family systems transcend, is how we evolve and learn from others, and also awareness, what is my personality and how is a way that I channel the force so I can bring uh, you know, more balance to the family system. So it's about, you know, we, we know we're bringing a lot of concepts and models into the table, but these are just different tools of how we help families make sense. We, a part of the work that we do is also working with the founders, which, you know, they're coming from an industrial age. Um, many other businesses are coming from that stage and they tend to channel a very masculine uh, way of doing business. And then the second generation comes and there are different energies and there may be daughters that are very masculine, uh, uh, sons that may be more uh, creative and feminine and channel more the union. How do they integrate instead of cutting off and just repeating the same model over and over? Because this is the way that leadership has to do. It starts by the founder himself being a little bit more aware. There are other forces. There are other ways of um, getting the organization where we want to go. And if you're feeling a little overwhelmed by what you've learned so far or a little lost, do not worry. As we said, we have a lot to cover. We're just giving you slices of different concepts to think about. So, so far, we've taken the individual. Where do you sit in your energy? What feels natural for you? Uh, What do you lean towards? What do you lean away from? And then we shifted into the family concept. So you don't, you're not isolating alone in a vacuum. You've got other family members that you're working with that you interact with, whether there's business, we haven't even gotten to the business part yet, but like, what are the things that you as a family are calling forth and what are you snuffing out and where could you have more balance? So the tool that Vero just ran through, as she said, is called the Enneagram. And there are eight pieces in everyone. There's a self-evaluation you can take. We'll offer it in the notes uh, later today. But if you're curious, here it is, about where you might fall and you want to give it to your other family members, they can also take it. It is one tool, as Vero said, it's not an end-all be-all, but it might start to help get a little awareness for like, why do myself and my brother always butt heads? And it will find that we're coming from different sides of the circle. How come I understand my father so much better than I relate to my mother? Oh, we're actually the same number. So we're processing in the same way. And the access to understanding allows us to infiltrate and make changes within ourselves and within the family system. So these are almost as the precursor work to moving into okay, great. Well, not only am I an individual, not only am I in a family, now we've got a business and enterprise and we're working together. And so where we're headed next is how do we take the individual, the family, and think about it in a systems level uh, arena, knowing that each of you are coming to this conference, you've been called to this session because you are working in family enterprise. And it is not just the family enterprise that you deal with, although most enterprises focus there. There are the layers of the family and then pulling back to the individual so that all of those are incorporated in. And we want you to have the language, the access, and the tools to be able to know where you are within that process and be the leader, whether it's a self-leader within the family or with 
within the industry such that you can help move the company forward, move your family forward, move yourself forward in a meaningful way. Thank you, Ella. So part of the marvelous work that we do with the families is this, understanding the team of owners, the generational shift, the new personalities that are integrating. What we see is that when someone different emerges, it can be easy to cut that person off, right? That's the rebel. That's someone that nobody understands. But when we are able to look at the system, we're able to see there's a message that person is bringing to us. There's a learning that we might need to listen to it, integrate, understand, so we can grow and transcend. And this is clearly seen when the family does that work, we see it, how it transcends to the family enterprise and the leaders that they choose to lead the companies and the interaction that it it can have with the rest of the employees. So in that interface with the uh, feminine and the masculine, one of the models that we have used is um, the model that was created by Frederick Laloux. It's a way just to understand, again, the evolution of the consciousness and the models of organizations. So um, basically what we know is that every new stage in human consciousness has brought us a kind of breakthrough. How do we organize? What are the, how do the organization models um, look like? And it ends up, in a, it turns out that, you know, the organizations are an expression of how do we view the world and how aware am I or how aware I am of who I am and what's the purpose of this organization. So as um, a group, as a species, every time we are able to think about the world in a different way, we have produced more powerful types of organizations, which have been just growing and growing. Uh, So we would like to ask you, if you can put in the chat again, um, think about a brand or a company that you admire. Keep it in mind. If you want to share in the chat what the name is, But let's think about it and reflect on how it looks in this model. So organizations, the model from Frederic Laloux talks about this growth in consciousness of organizations. And he says, you know, we started organizing each other as humans through very rare organizations. Think about it as the wolf pack. It was, you know, basic survival. Uh, Leaders were, you know, overwhelming power that they need to prove that they were the strongest or someone would, you know, kick them off or eat them or just take everything they had. So that was the basic organization, a very red, physical, um, imposing organization. At some point, organizations grew and they needed to scale and bring more people. So that fear base needed to evolve a little bit. And we find amber organizations. Think about the army, the uh, church, they need to be, you know, a higher level um, of control, command. So it was about stability. Um, are you complying with the norms? There are very strict norms, very hierarchical. There's just one leader and everybody is down. And then in, within the industrial revolution, um, we find more orange organizations. It's mostly what we see in the world today. And most of organizations are more like a machine-driven organization that is um, more into the um, results, the, 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 you know, I can predict what's coming out. 
Um, there are goals very clear, and it tends to be a very male uh, and a very masculine energy organization. But there are other ways, and there are other companies that are doing things in a different way. So we have seen other organizations grow into green models. There are more community leading uh, where they care more about the collaborators, about the clients, about the happiness, the values. Are we leading the values? Are we uh, transcending to our community? And the ultimate level is the teal organization. Teal organizations are starting to pop. In the last years, we'll see most of them in Europe. Um, but we do have other examples like Patagonia and Morningstars and Zappos. And they are based in a model where, you know, hierarchy, machine driven has been, has gone. There are organizations that see themselves as living organisms. They are able to recognize we are a group of humans, like different living cells, each one with its own complexity. And we're coming together to create something. And so it's more about the organization being a little bit more flat, about more self-driven, think about, you know, different um, cells and pods within the organization that they can self-manage themselves, self-direct. And that allows each individual to come into this into the organization with everything they have. There are organizations that strive for wholeness. And they are more, much more about the female energy, integrating the female force, um, understanding what is the right thing that we that we could do, what do we need to do, yearning for connection, for wholeness, to allow the other to be who that person is, so we can, you know, as an organization, get everything the individual has, and not only a piece of the organization of how you should be an executive in this company. Um, so we have seen this growth. We would love to hear if you, if you have an organization in your mind. Um, if you have an organization, I don't know if you would identify where they are, um, that brand or that company that you thought about. And from the, if we stay on the slide, if you're looking at the diagram and you're not sure where to begin, when Vera was talking, it was the center, the smallest circle. So the evolution is the diagram growing outward as the consciousness of the enterprise is shifting. So as she was saying, the, the smallest circle is the red circle. That's where many people primordially began and then working outwards. And if we stay here for just a moment, <clears throat> There are many spaces to grow for organizations. As Vero said, the outermost circle is currently the like most evolved highest level of consciousness, but that doesn't mean you need to get from a red to a teal. So as you're looking at this, you might be able to reflect and there's uh, when you are able to look at it more closely, there's organizations named or ideologies or different philosophies throughout. However, Knowing where your family enterprise is now, again, gives you access to understanding where to go. And you're not just going to jump from a red to a teal. So it's not as though there's an instant fix. There's something you need to change, but it's the curiosity around, is this serving us as we think about bringing in all the different energies? Like, where are we and what, do we, what are our values as an organization, as a family enterprise, what do we want to call forth? And that might take a shift in consciousness in order to grow and move. And as we look at the next slide, if we think about the state of the world right now, it is a very masculine worldview 
overall. Um, orange, which is about two layers up from the primordial wolfpack red, is how the current Western world and integrated existence has valued what's important. So as you look at the bullet points here, as you think about orange founders, so the people who started these organizations, I should call them orange organizations on this slide, uh, might have a bit too far leaning on the masculine or the patriarchal uh, components. So success by orange metrics is profit, competition, and performance. You can see that the world is traded on shareholder value, maximizing and putting on a pedestal those outcomes. It's not necessarily um, the health and well-being of the population, the happiness, the meaning, the purpose of the humans that it impacts. So those can be a bit more on the toxic leaning side and even can leave people with a feeling of pain, emptiness, and separation. So if you're going into work and you're in the world and you feel those types of things, that might be where toxic masculine traits, orange traits and organizations can feel a bit mechanic or robotic. So if you just like go in, punch in, even the fact we're all sitting in front of a computer right now is leaning a bit more towards the masculine. So what are you doing to bring in some of the feminine? It might be lighting a candle, having some flowers, like what are the things that can help you balance even in your day, the places that you can call forth the feminine and the risks of being in an orange organization is that it's a very reductionist view. There's a right and a wrong and that only certain members are valued such that the hierarchical um, format, we've got a if we look at from a geopolitical lens right now in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, there is a very orange leadership model happening, which is saying, I'm right, you're wrong, let's not talk about anything else. And the, the risks and the impacts of that are human life and things that are happening in real time right now. And so when you operate from an orange or state of mind, there is a a risk reward, a right, a wrongness, and it can lead to competition over actual embracing of the traits that each of us exist as humans on the planet. Okay, <clears throat> let us move along. So we've been talking about the feminine and the masculine, and then we talked through the different stages. So it was red and then orange, and then all the way out at the end is teal. And when we think about organizations and enterprises in the family, when we translate those words, it becomes a power conversation. And if we're thinking about power, on the left-hand side of this diagram, you'll see an old power story. The old power story, this comes from the work of uh, Dr. Elizabeth Lesser at the Omega Institute, Old power story is a very masculine driven energy. And on the right side of this diagram, you'll see uh, the new power story are doing power differently. And this really incorporates the feminine traits for balance that are needed for that higher level of consciousness for success in a way that's sustainable, which is what many family enterprises are looking at. So I'll, I'll walk you through this on the left-hand side. 
There's a strong and a weak. So so there's a winner and a loser. The authoritarian complex. There's a rightness and a wrongness that collaborates competitively. I'm going to collaborate with you, but only if there can be a winner and a loser. It values the individualism, the fortitude, and action. So I am the CEO of this organization and everyone else around me is lesser than or can fall in line and I'm the right one and they'll take my direction and anything else is seen as insubordination. It gets really tricky and dangerous here because it denies mistakes and vulnerability and it's really challenging to be in an innovative area if you're not allowed to make mistakes or be vulnerable. And the the dominance, the masculine energy that comes through as that wounded, that toxic masculine, is it interrupts and it overrides. So if you've ever been in a meeting and someone stands up and interrupts you and then overrides you and makes you feel small, that is a very old power, often toxic masculine, which again, doesn't mean men and women. These are, there are plenty of women who can be living out their masculine in a toxic way that are there. And so knowing that that is simply an old power story, we are on a change over to the right side of this diagram, which is the new power story, doing power differently. And so that really pulls in those higher level consciousness organizations that Bureau was showing us on the last page, your Patagonia, some of the companies in Europe, the Eileen Fishers that are taking in and running their companies in a different way, running their enterprises. So it's a partnership model. Let's work together. It is interactive. It's not me in my ivory tower at the top of the mountain looking down and telling everyone else what to do. It values input and feedback loops. It collaborates connectively. So on the left-hand side, you'll see it's competitive. On the right-hand side, it's connective. So how can I connect with you when we can figure out what do you know? How do we do this together? And there doesn't have to be a winner or a loser. It values relationships, empathy, and communication. So in the old power model, there is one voice often and everyone else is stifled. And in this It's let me understand where you're coming from and let's leverage the collective thinking such that we can make the right choice based on all of the data that's available. And it's transparent about making mistakes and being vulnerable. It sees that as powerful. The the faster that you can admit mistakes and share your vulnerability that's been earned, then the, the company, the organization, the enterprise can be nimble and make those changes. It's not denying that mistakes happen. And finally, instead of the dominating and the interrupting, it listens, new power processes, it's collaborative, and it's inclusive. So wanting the voices at the table, making sure that while everyone might not have a vote all the time, that they have a voice so that the collective organism, the living organization can make the choice that is most life-giving and energetically forwarding. So as if it was not enough, (laughs) all the information we have given you, there's a last layer that we would like to explore within the um, creation of initiatives and how do we move forward from starting the business, moving it to the next level or implementing a very specific initiative. So even within the feminine and the masculine, there are different polarities. So as within my feminine, I have both the ability to tap into the feminine force that creates 
that brings to life something that we have not seen before and to hold, to care for it, to maintain it, to sustain it. So both the masculine and the feminine have the ability to create and hold uh, any project, any vision with, with the very different characteristics. And what we have seen, and there is a group of Scandinavian people that have built this model, one of them is called Fanny Norlin, that explains how we integrate into the creation of an initiative, both energies. And I find it personally very fascinating because it, I, I can understand better the creative process of an initiative. So the four polar, the, the, the polarities of each personality trait and each force come into life into a um, new initiative. First, the feminine taps into the creative process, the life sourcing process. So I am open to the field of accessing the life force. Can I call into that that we have not seen? Am I open into the creative force, the, the, the unseen? And then can I call into the masculine for him to hold it or for it to hold it? There is a side of the masculine, and there, this model uses some archetypes. No, they call it the king, but this is that personality of the, the masculine that holds that space, clarifies. How does this look like? Where are we going? What is the direction? And there's a space of the masculine, kind of like the warrior, that goes and executes and helps us create and leads on the manifestation and the building of that vision. Once that comes into existence, we need the feminine that holds it, the matriarch, the matriarch, that feminine that keeps the group together, even through the manifestation, when it comes to life. And it also you know, helps us as a team to understand the life cycle of a new initiative. Is it time for it to, you know, to move forward? Is it time for it to evolve? Is it time to it, for it to maintain it? Where are we there? So there are different traits of the feminine and the masculine. This is, again, just a scratch of how it looks like in an initiative, in a project, in a business. But we need all these energies. And none one of us has all of them, but we can tap into and bring teams so we can you know, just evolve in the way that we're seeing organization, the connection of the self, the system, and what we're doing as an enterprise. All right, we are going to not give you any more information to absorb, <laughs> but to take a moment, we're going to recap what where we've gone, and then we're going to open it up for questions, uh, perspectives, input, because we want to be with you in a collaborative space. And as you're thinking about your takeaways, I'm going to do a quick retroactive on where we started and where we are now. So we started with the individual, where are you, as you think about uh, different modalities, the yin and yang, the masculine and feminine, as far as Carl Jung's model at the Shiv Shakti level, like where are you, are there traits that you have that are feeling perhaps a bit out of balance, that like leaning too far on one leg that you want to call in? Do you find yourself judging and controlling more than you do sensing and responding? Do you find yourself not able to make a decision when decisions actually need to be made? Like, Where are the places for you that you can bring to light more of the balance between your energies as an individual? From there, we looked at the Enneagram 
as a tool to think about the family system. So each person is a player and has a number within that realm. And you can have multiple family members with the same uh, numbers, but understanding that then they are making decisions or their first response is going to be seeded from a thinking, feeling, or heart and soul, like a gut, mind, heart, and soul perspective. And knowing where someone is seated in that circle helps you be able to relate to them as different family members and call forth where you're looking for the balance between the masculine and the feminine. From there, we moved over to the family enterprise system, and we used Ledo's model of looking at holacracy and evolving organizations. And that's the color system that had the different levels to it. And it's an evolutionary practice. And it's a place where you don't necessarily jump from the inside to the outside or the outside to the inside, but it's a step-by-step process. And knowing where your family enterprise is in that color wheel, in that system, will help you decide what you need to pull forward and call forth between the masculine and the feminine. And from there, we broke into the idea that even within the masculine and the feminine, there is a spectrum of how and when we're called forth and the ability to relate to each other from the king and the warrior, from the matriarch and the goddess perspective allows you to create integrated choices and appreciate each other where they're at and they're really interconnected. So as you're walking away from our chat together today, if we go to the next slide, we really want you to think about what is the next step on your journey. So Vera, if you go to the next slide, where what's next for you and know that in many places and spaces, uh, there is a lack of the feminine being honored. And that is exactly where and why the Worldwide Women's Council came together because women are starving for more of the feminine connection, that sacred space to let the feminine shine through. And if that's something that you're feeling for yourself, as you think about your individual, your family and your enterprise layer, feel free to reach out to either of us. And we're happy to chat more there and know that All you need is the one next step for your journey. So do you want to take it on the individual side? Are you choosing to take it on your family side? Or are you looking at it from the enterprise, the family business component? And where are you going to be integrating along your path this year? Thank you so much. We'll take any questions, thoughts, or reflections from here. Thank you so much, ladies. And I think where I'd like to start with is your last point on the fact that um, one could tackle the individual, the family or the enterprise and how does one know where to start? Vera, would you like me to respond or you have a perspective you'd like to share first? Uh, You can start. Yeah, yeah, you start. For me personally, I noticed uh, it in the enterprise first in my own family and it was the knowingness in the way the business was running that called me to go back to the individual work. Cause I, I tried some things in the, in the enterprise space, but I didn't yet have my own grounding or my own access, my own understanding to be able to know. I just knew something felt wrong and I wasn't being heard or I wasn't being able to uh, receive the information that I needed. So for me, it was the enterprise, but I backed into the individual 
the self component. And then I went back to the enterprise. And now I'm actually going back to the family component. So for me, it started um, at the larger level, which then called me forward to be like, maybe you need to do some individual work. And I could keep the boundary between business and self. But for me, the integration point is dealing with my siblings, my aunts and uncles, my cousins as shareholders, where I still have work to do. From my perspective, I think the integration of the feminine has to feel like a call. Um, What is it calling into? Because it's, again, going into the feeling, not into the doing. So instead of doing a checklist, and this is the next steps, the first way to tap into the feminine energy, I would say, is just get to feel. Where are you called into in this moment? And from that start, I think it's a process. And at the end, the energy flows where it should be. Um, so it's tapping into your into the self, but from there identifying where am I feeling a larger call? Is it in the enterprise? Is it my own journey? Is it within the families? And there are multiple tools of how to do it. But tap into the feeling, go into the feeling and not into the checklist, like next steps, next project. No, <laughs> feel. That's powerful. I wanted to also ask about power over versus the alternative way of power. How do we shift the needle and move? From, can you repeat? Yeah, uh, from the from. You know, you had the the one slide had power over, and ah. yeah, the, how do we move from power over to um, the other source of power? Yeah, so the old power model versus doing power differently. Um, this is something that uh, there's a great book. It's called Cassandra Speaks. It's by Elizabeth Lesser, and it talks about. It, it takes debunking storytelling, which is, of course, the, the thing that differentiates the human species from other species is our sophisticated, our sophistication in language. And what she really unpacks in this book are three very old stories. So you've got um, Cassandra and the fall of Troy. So making women like the evil component, the conspirators, Adam and Eve and Pandora's box. And so what it, what she's looking back for is our storytelling and the way we've related to ourselves as women and in society has been the, I'm going to use genders now, not energies, but it, it'll get there, is that it's the masculine, the men were good and the women were bad. Like that is the, the trope of the Western culture that's been passed down for thousands of years. And so when we think about doing power differently, it's overcoming that um, you know, women as sexual beings are dangerous, that um, females in spaces where decisions are being made stifles the ability to be fully male. And so to do the power differently, what's being called forward more is to get more stories told from female perspectives, from getting more of the feminine energy and this now I'm switching out of gender and back to energies, like whose story is not being told within your family, whose story it's we, we know that women are the backbone of families. They're the heart of families. They're the backbone of families. They have been and they will continue to be. So where are we tapping into the stories and let the storytelling have a space that's available to everyone? Because that's a micro step in being able to hear someone else's version to allow you to learn something you didn't and then creating the value of whose voice isn't being heard to bring into okay, we value this because what we know is when women are in position of power, and I'm saying that from a healthy feminine energy perspective, 
the health and well-being of the populations that they serve go up. Education for all the children and all genders go up. The ability to create more um, collaborative environments and the safety and well-being of the humans goes up instead of money and power. And so part of it is what are the stories that aren't being told? How do you integrate those into the messaging that comes in your culture, whether that's in your family or not? And then where are we cultivating leadership among women or people who lead more in their feminine, which can be men as well, to then put them in places where their value is being called forth. And those are the places that we start to think about doing power differently. And Vero, I think this is where the teal organizations would call that forth too. Amazing. Um, We have a comment from Sherilyn. This talk has clarified the sources of energy and really broken down which individual work I need to carry out in terms of family, understanding everyone's energies. Very helpful. Thank you. Um, what if for you to share more on W3 so um, ladies can understand more of the work that you, you ladies have been doing? Vero, do you want to share? The W3? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Nikke. Yeah. So um, we came with the idea of uh, gathering together um, what in, in, the, in the individual work that each of us were doing. What we could see is that the and I will go back to gender in this case, the women presence in within family firm organizations was very isolated. I particularly work with Latin American families. And what I could see is that they were constantly struggling even to tap of what they were going through in so many levels. Again, just as what we saw in the individual, in the family system, in the family enterprise, and there were very um, few spaces. It was even a little bit of, you know, um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 a it's a taboo. It's a taboo to talk about money and how I feel about wealth and how do I feel in this. There are heavy. These are heavy topics. So some of my clients would tell me, you know, Beto, I don't know who to talk about this, but it's causing you know deep feelings. It's it feels heavy and it feels painful in some cases. So what I heard pain that I cannot talk about is that's when I thought we have to do something. So in the conversation with Ella and Michelle and Waldworth. We figured, you know, can we create a space that we have not seen around? We have seen, you know, table conversations and certain, you know, organizations or groups that are, of course, doing a fantastic work bringing forward the inheritors and um, next generation female leaders. But we didn't find like a really intimate council or forum where we could, you know, just open up about what we are feeling, what what other women were feeling, and reflect on someone across the globe in Singapore, um, how her process as um, inheritor um, feels like, and it's so similar to someone sitting down in Mexico City or in San Francisco. Um, and so we create a council. It's a council that sits and, and, and gathers every month. It's a small community, it's a small group of inheritors with complex situations, complex uh, family enterprises that need a space to think better. And this is a peer group um, where we sit and we, you know, help process issues around um, topics like, you know, raising uh, purposeful kids in this environment, um, understanding how to, you know, take leadership and integrate, become better leaders, um, how to have 
really tough conversations within the family system or the founders about what where the where the company is going, where the enterprise is going. It has been wonderful. It has been a year and a half now. We have a very beautiful group of um, members that come here to really seek questions and, and and evolve and grow. And there's a lot of learning from seeing, you know, just mirrors, reflections on how are the others navigating um, this role. Ella, would you add something? Oh, Michelle, who's my co-founder that's not on this call, um, and I started this company as we were traveling the world. And she and I are very globally minded and believe that uh, being in other cultures with other people is the greatest gift and reflection and perspective to connect versus the power over component. And so as we were expanding the globe, we were studying family enterprise and healing and wellness. And when Vero approached us and said, hey, do you think this thing has legs? We knew because we've been talking to women across the planet that are like, I am, there's no one I can talk to. I feel alone. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel isolated. And I feel like a loss of spirituality. Like how do I connect to myself? How do I connect to other? And the council that has been brought together is really this magical place where you can like lay your sword down for three hours, come and just be held by this group of incredible women who are up to incredible things and really help each other, but also be able to open the kimono and say, I'm really struggling with this right now. And there's nowhere else I can talk about this because there's too much risk and I can't risk it there. So for me, it is a very gratifying, nourishing space. And I'm so thankful to everyone in the community and everyone here today, because what you've just walked through is on that journey of embracing your authentic feminine. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and if anyone wants to get hold of you, um, both of you, how best can they reach you? Uh, they can c- reach us at, uh, I'll just drop in the chat. You can email me, Ella, at wealthworks.com. It is spelled differently because we believe that uh, success is more than money. So it's the wellness, the well-being within you. And I'm happy to connect with Vero, but you can reach out to uh, Nikkei as well, and she can find us. So we really just wish you all well on your journey. Know you're not alone and that at any point, if you just want a virtual hug or someone to talk with, we're here for you. Thank you so much, ladies. This has been phenomenal and a perfect way to close our three-day conference. Thank you, all attendees. Grateful to our partners as well for all your support and take care, everyone. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Bye.